you didn't even like you didn't even spritz some cleaner in there. Like you <laughs> he just, just left. Just left. Yeah. I mean, but also maybe he knows someone else will clean this. Mm-hmm. Like because the world of Sopperin is like you don't have to clean mm-hmm. up your mess. You know, mm-hmm. someone someone will clean it up for you. And Oliver did. He sure did. <sighs> sure did. With his mouth. Every last drop. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming to get you, Barbara. What an excellent day for an exorcism. He's gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Have you checked the children, children, children? Be afraid. Be very afraid. I only murder boys. I go both ways. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'm getting ready to watch a video. What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? All right. Well, welcome, welcome, sweet Swampy Lagoonies. Hello. Today, we're about to get a little salty. Mm. I'm Serena. I'm Jazz. <laughs> we are the babes in the Black Lagoon. Mm. A bi-weekly lady horror podcast where we talk about all things horror cinema from an intersectional feminist perspective. Mm-hmm. How you been, Jess? Good. Yeah? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I saw you... I know, like day two ago. days ago. Yeah. I'm doing good. Um, I was kind of letting you know, um, just trying to get a lot of ducks in a row before I take off for a family vacation, mm-hmm. um, which I'm looking forward to. It's just, I feel... This always happens, you know, just like, I gotta get so much done, mm-hmm. and it's stuff that I can't not not do, because mm-hmm. a lot of it's, like, home-based, like, you know, I, I, like, I know who's taking care of the cats, I know who's taking care of Chili, but it's also, like... Who's taking care of Jazz? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're taking care of me right now. That was great. Well, you took care of us. You brought pizza and salad. Well, it was also like, I was taking care of myself too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I uh, didn't eat breakfast. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I'm sure Serena won't protest to this of me bringing up <laughs> yeah. pizza and salad. She won't mind at all. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, how are you doing? How was your, uh, yeah, how was your day and a half? Since, I Since we last saw each other, yeah. uh, been been good. Yeah, um, been like low key. Um, yeah, can't really complain. That's good. Um, I'm, yeah, for and that feels kind of good to just be like nothing's really going on. Yeah, and things are good, which you know, stable and not much going on. It's like sounds good to me right now. Sometimes no news is good news, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but however, yeah. there have been some Ooh. news. There's some news. And, you know, we wanted to talk about this today. Who knows <laughs> if it'll be relevant by the time this episode comes out. But it's still, I think, we have to talk about it. The unfortunate, like, tales as old as time, like, two women, two women beefing. Yeah. You know, women against each other. Like, I just... Unfortunately, I just think, like, this is something that is just always going to be there. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we're talking about uh, Megan the Stallion and Nicki Minaj. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Kiss and Bigfoot. Oh, Bigfoot was so bad. Like, not even trying to hide it. Oh, yeah, I, I'm really... Like, not even trying to be clever. No. Like, I feel like Hiss, in a sense, maybe was, like, a, a, like a callback to uh, Nikki allegedly calling Megan a serpent. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Mm-hmm. You know? But even then, like... That's pretty subtle. Like it's subtle. There, it's, yeah. That's why like, you gotta know what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> Nikki yeah. is being. I mean, I'm honestly like concerned for mm. her because it does feel a little like manic. Dude, she's spiraling yeah, on social media. Yeah, and bit. she she was like, I really like Ben Shapiro's new song. <gasps> what? Yeah. yeah. Do you know your fan base? <laughs> Right, Yikes. your fan base is queer. Your fan ba- base is all the things that Ben Shapiro hates. So, yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, not the first time yeah. he has been like on like the skewed yeah. side of things. Um, and I think that's why she took it so like offensive with yeah. that line about Megan's law. Yeah, you know, which harkens to her very close proximity to two sex offenders yes, yeah. so and um yeah if you don't know megan's law is a law that sex offenders have to legally change their address mm-hmm. if they go anywhere mm-hmm. and if you weren't aware like Nicki minaj is married to a registered a registered yeah. sex offender yeah. and it just sucks because like <clears throat> like if like objectively if you didn't you know, if this wasn't happening, I see both of these queens as, like, lyrical geniuses. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, you know, they have really great wordplay. Like, the double entendres within their lyrics is, like, very, uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, intellect mm-hmm. behind their their lyrics. Um, and they're both really strong, mm-hmm. very in control with their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I think, like... You know, I know uh, female rappers before Nicki Minaj were like that, like Little Kim and stuff like that. But I feel like with Nicki, she was very much like, this is who I am. Like, I'm comfortable and like, you know. Yeah. And it just it just sucks because, you know, I just feel like <laughs> there could be better stuff happening. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, with their, with their platforms. But right, I right. also, you know... There's the little side of me that, like, is also a little petty and, like, kind of <laughs> loves the little drama, yeah. even though, like, I just also feel the way that Nikki uh, responded. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of, like, kind of not in the best of taste. No, and it's it's, it's a little, like embarrassing yeah maybe yeah and i just i don't like to see women tearing down Mm -hmm. each other especially like in such a public way like this you know and there's so few like um you know black women that are like kicking ass and like getting paid for Mm -hmm. their artistry and like you know at that level and so we don't we don't have that many and we don't mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I feel like Nicki Minaj might be even like ruining her career that she's built at this point, you know? And I, I just hate to see like, 
you know, like petty bullshit or yeah. maybe not so petty. I mean, I don't know. Like, that's their thing. But I think as viewers and like, uh, you know, consumers of this content that we're seeing, it's mm-hmm. it's it, it does kind of fall into that trope of like, yeah, like you there can only be one. Yeah. You know, one queen. And it's like, no, we can have so many. There's so much space yeah. for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of was, you know, reading into like the Bigfoot lyrics and it's kind of like it is a little like distasteful because she brings up you know megan's dead mother yeah and the fact that she got shot her size yeah Yeah. like body shaming her and it's like whoa nikki don't you have like you know like dead parents too Mm -hmm. and if someone said that about you you would be fucking pissed you know like and megan just like said something that was true about Megan's law. And it's like, that is something that's very relevant to your life. So maybe like, I don't know, but maybe stop posting on Twitter and get off the internet. (laughs) I don't know. Um, It's just hard too, because like, I, I do think like Megan or uh, Megan and Nikki, but like, I feel like Nikki is one of the like greatest female rappers we've ever had in our lifetime. And it's just sad to see like, Oh, your fuse is so short. And it's like, let's maybe just be better. But also that's just who you are. Like you're, you know, you are like, I guess that's just who we've, we love and hate, Mm -hmm. you know, a Mm -hmm. little bit. Um, That was like a a very uh, intellectual lyric. Mm -hmm. And I like, lyrics mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. more than just be like bigfoot yeah. <laughs> just like so aggressive yeah. <laughs> um and i just wanted to like before we get into the 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 appetizer mm. of today's episode i did just want to mention i saw this like troubling thing on tiktok recently talking about quote unquote legging legs what's that? did you see that no. it basically I'm, I'm not on twitter or any of those platforms tiktok Oh, I'm on. Oh, did you say? I think I did. I meant TikTok. If I didn't say it, I might have heard Twitter, but if you said TikTok, TikTok, um, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, it's just this new trend that's like a rebrand of an old trend that we went through with like the thigh gap Mm. obsession Mm. and this new like skewing towards like thinness Mm. and not loving yourself and Mm. like body positivity kind of going out the window a little bit for Uh these young girls. I just want to say if you're listening. Fuck that shit. It's stupid. Yeah. You're beautiful. This shit doesn't even exist. Yeah. We're on a floating rock in space. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I it, Sometimes it's going to take, uh, you know, young girls to get to the other side of that through like a long process yeah. that's going to be very painful. Yeah. But, you know, if anyone can just really take it from us, like two women who've gone through this shit um and had our fair share of like dumb trends and feeling shitty about yourself yeah it's dumb yeah anyway there's there is light at the end of the tunnel yeah and you know and it's unfortunately a lot of like self-love work yep that you got to put into it yep yeah um so just a little teaser into today's episode. So I know the movie we're talking about today mm-hmm. has been getting a lot of buzz because of how... Speak about TikTok and social media right, responses. Right, yeah. So this is all, I think, a product of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's been, like, 
Harkin does this super shocking, like disturbing movie. Uh, but you and me both kind of agree, like this is not even close yeah. to the most shocking yeah. movie we've ever seen. So my question to you is, do you have a movie that comes to mind that trumps this one mm-hmm. in terms of how much it horrified, <clears throat> disgusted, shocked, or otherwise broke your brain? And maybe where this one lands in comparison. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. Because, yeah, I like you just said, when I first saw like the content coming out about this movie, I was kind of like, oh, okay." You know, I was a little intrigued. And of course, that's what made me want to watch the movie. Um, But in terms of once I saw it and was like, oh, okay, interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the movie that I don't know if it like is the top one in my list, but just like off the top of my head, like Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Um, Aaron Aronofsky or Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky, sorry. <laughs> um, that movie, I remember that was the movie I saw when I was in, I think it was like a freshman or sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly what year that movie came out, but I watched it with my uh, roommate at the time who was like, you've never seen this movie. We're clear your schedule. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching this movie. And in that movie, in a sense, did you watch it in one sitting? Yes. Oh. Yeah. And that movie is also not like, um, you know, a typical thriller mm-hmm. like our movie today. Mm-hmm. But when you get down to all the nuances of these people and their actions and what they're willing to do to like, quote unquote, be happy mm-hmm. or like, or just like be comfortable in the world that they're in. Like that, that movie was a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah. And it's about, you know, a bunch of different types of people in the same kind, not social. Well, most of them are in the in social group, but just like within the same, you know, uh, community. And yeah, it. I just remember seeing that film and that was the film where I was just like, okay, I need mm-hmm. to go take a walk. Uh-huh. I need to like a shower. Like that was when I was like, I need to like not be in this space right now. In yeah. a sense, like maybe I was like, I, yeah, I maybe I should have watched that movie mm-hmm. in all one go. But that's that was the first movie that I kind of thought like, huh, then, you know, if people are having the reaction to the film we're covering today, like maybe take a take a pause yeah. and like watch this movie yeah. and see see really how you felt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely that. I think that's a great one, especially like right off the dome mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but um, the ones that I can come off the top are we need to talk about Kevin Mm. um, Tilda Swinton and Ezra Miller Mm -hmm. before he got weird. (laughs) Um, But that movie disturbed me in a really, really deeply profound way. It covers mental health issues. Mm -hmm. It covers psychopathy. Mm -hmm. It covers motherhood and what you do with a kid that is a psychopath. Yeah. And school shootings Mm -hmm. and just in a very 
like dynamically subtle way. Yeah. And the the other one that came to mind was Dog Tooth. Have you seen that one? No. That one's um one of Yargos Lanthimos's. Did he do poor things? Yes. He just Have dro- you seen that movie? I haven't seen it yet, but it, I it's on my list and okay. I've heard really good things about okay. it. It looks very him. Yeah. Um but Dog Tooth was like <laughs> horrifyingly disturbing um it's about this family and they have adult children that they've literally never let outside and they don't know what the outside world is like and so they've just been kind of kept there and taught things and um it gets super surreal and weird and um you know that's like one of uh uh you know yorgos's greek and um it's in greek but um, if you're interested in foreign movies or just like a really good fucking weird movie, um, Dog Tooth. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of that one. Yeah. So looks yeah. like I have some homework to do. Yeah, we both do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we both agree. Yeah. Not the most unhinged thing we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but it's. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and I was like, yeah, I mean, we joked about it before. Like, I wonder what that says about us. I know. Like, yeah, there are. There are certain scenes in this film where I was like, ooh, okay, we're going there. Yeah. But I wasn't, like, disturbed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> fucking TikToks kind of ruined this movie a little bit for me before. Oh, really? Yeah, think before so? I saw it because I, like, tried to, like, scroll past all the spoilers, mm-hmm. but it was like, we gotta talk about this scene. We're gonna talk about uh-huh. this scene. Like, oh my god, this scene. And it's like, okay, so I kind of know what to expect, and I wish I had better, like, not self control, but I wish, like, somewhere my for you page didn't pick up on that. Yeah, and you um, went into it a little bit more blind. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I also feel like if I went in blind, I, I. I feel like I would have still had the same feelings about yeah. it. Yeah. It was definitely hyped up. Um. But, you know, it still left us intrigued. Yeah. Um, it beautifully blends satire, mm-hmm. class critique, mm-hmm. and gothic horror, mm-hmm. and has been all over the internet with varying reactions to several choice scenes. Um, but today we are throwing ourselves into the 2023 black comedy thriller, Saltburn. <laughs> <laughs> Although not your typical horror movie, it's sort of horror adjacent and I mm-hmm. think technically counts for our podcast yeah. for all its grotesqueness and gothic callbacks and creepy subtle weirdness. And um, it just left me thinking about it for several days after. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of how I felt about the movie Parasite, the Ooh, Korean film. I love mm-hmm, that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, chef's mm-hmm. kiss. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I feel like those are kind of on, on a level. I think maybe Parasite did it in a mm, maybe more unexpected way. Yeah. Saltburn. But, but Saltburn's references, we'll talk about are from like very well-known literature there's like a lot of allegory and callback to it so maybe and that's where it's like it gets a little hard to compare but um jazz would you give us a little uh synopsis about what saltburn our our movie today is about i would love to (laughs) all right this is from imdb a student at Oxford University finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his uh, eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer 
never to be Mm. forgotten tagline a beautifully wicked tale of privilege and desire oh yeah um i really didn't know what this movie was about Mm -hmm. um which was cool because i kind of went into it more blind Mm -hmm. um i think i was expecting like a gay love story with a weird yeah i thought it was gonna be more queer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and I didn't, I didn't quite get that. So yeah. it, it did leave me wanting. It, it satisfied me in a different way. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that kind of sums it up in like the like barest bones possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but today's film was written and directed by Emerald Fennell, who we also know as the director of Promising Young Woman mm-hmm. from 2022, which I really would love to cover in a future episode. Mm-hmm. Um, And she was also the showrunner for season two of Killing Eve, which has great dialogue. Um, So there's a theme with her and strong female leads, but this one kind of broke away from that, um, which focuses mostly on two men, our two Mm -hmm. main characters. So in response to whether her latest film is a feminist movie, um, because, you know, I think that is kind of a fair critique, doesn't lack very um, uh, (laughs) – female characters with a lot of depth they're quite vapid and shallow um she responded quote i realized that being a female filmmaker is a political act that's the thing that's political whether you write about women whether you write about men whether you make something biographical whether you use your imagination who you work with how you work with them all of that is still regrettably an unusual thing to be Therefore, I think that this film is extraordinarily feminist. It exists. Everything I do is feminist because it's what I live my life by. And that's from a recent interview she did with The Wrap. And I wondered what you thought about that response to that critique. Well, I don't deny the feminist aspects of this film because, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. Something I did like is... You know, in a lot of films kind of of this vein, there's a lot of female nudity, mm-hmm. which in this movie, there's not. Mm-hmm. It's actually the like, opposite. It's the opposite. And it's like, um, you know, it's oh, <laughs> especially in the last like two <laughs> minutes, it's like really in your face um, in a very playful, whimsy way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the like one two or three sex scenes in this movie mm-hmm. it's very focused on like the f- female desire mm-hmm. and pleasure and not being ashamed of something that's going on with you physically mm-hmm. but still there's someone there who doesn't care and not that they don't care about you but they don't care that you're going through this and they mm-hmm. they still want to uh, act pleasure yeah. on you and so in a sense that was kind of a really I don't know, cool take, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about that when yeah. once that scene yeah. comes up of, uh, you know. Um, but I think, I mean, I also somewhat agree with her saying, like, um, being a female filmmaker is, is a political act. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, how many female directors, you know, have produced amazing works of art and, you know, they don't get recognized mm-hmm. or they're scrutinized way more mm-hmm. than their male counterparts who have 
uh, put out so much more grotesque shit out there yeah. and it wins awards yeah. and, you know, they get praised for their, like, whoa, that was so raw. Mm-hmm. Like, what a, what a, uh, authentic, uh, storyline about the human condition. Yeah. You know, something <laughs> fucking stupid like that, you yeah. know? Um, so, I mean, I don't think that this is, like, the most feminist film. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think because you are a female director necessarily puts you in the box that your stories always have to be totally, totally fe- like, female-centric. Mm-hmm. Or for... You know, uh, well, in a sense, I feel like there is a little bit of a female gaze mm-hmm. in this film just because, like, totally because of all like the eye candy, you know, close up shots. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, and this, you know, especially like, yeah, both of our lead uh, leads in this film are like really good looking. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like that is in a sense like putting someone in a box that like oh you've done these really hard hitting uh female storylines before and not necessarily like this one is like just as in your face as the other one so i i think there's you know i i don't know my in my opinion i feel like you could you know people have range Mm -hmm. and maybe we shouldn't put them in a box like yeah i don't know Yeah. yeah i totally agree with you um and i think you know, the act of her being a filmmaker, female filmmaker doesn't necessarily mean that her a film that a female filmmaker makes is going to be a feminist film yeah. by any means. But I think if you are a feminist filmmaker mm-hmm. and you're not trying to make a feminist film, I think that's going to bleed into the film yeah. like inevitably, even yeah. if you're not go- setting out to make, which I, and, which I think she was. I think she is, you know, like, like leaving us with these feminist undertones in this piece. Like you said, not the most feminist movie ever, but it definitely has feminist undertones mm-hmm. and like feminist um y- concepts that come up. Yeah. So, um yeah. 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 Cool. Um well, produced by uh Margot Robbie, which was interesting and her little production company that includes Tom Ackley and Josie M- McNamara. Um, and our cast includes Barry Keoghan from Killing of a Sacred Deer and Banshees of Inisherin. He plays Oliver Quick. Jacob Alordi, who I recently saw in Priscilla, and he was awesome. Um, he plays Felix Catton, Rosamund Pike, Queen of Queens, uh, Gone Girl, <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, um, as Elspeth Catton. Um, Richard E. Grant, uh, which I most remember from Penelope. Oh, yeah. As the movie. dad. Yeah. Um, he plays Sir James Catton. And new kind of up and coming actress, Allison Oliver, as Venetia Catton, who has a really, really good scene yeah. towards the end of the film. Um, and then um, Archie Mattaquay <laughs> as Farley Start. And he might have been my favorite performance of the bunch. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I um I think the casting in this movie is great. Um like I've always been um a Roseman Pike fan. Mm-hmm. Um and it's funny because I feel like she 
a lot of people remember her for like her icy characters. Mm-hmm. However, the first thing I ever saw her in was Pride and Prejudice, know, and she's Jane. just so sweet and like soft, soft and, and gentle, and yeah. like is the embodiment of like I want to find love mm-hmm. and like you know what and you know does the other person love me back mm-hmm. and will we be happy? You know, like I that's like who I remember as, but you know she did. Do a fucking awesome yeah. job and and gone curly has rain. Yeah, yeah, and it's and I remember seeing an interview where like a lot of people just reference her characters where she is kind of this like icy cold bitch mm-hmm. and you're like she's like, but I'm in other things yeah, too. Yeah, you know? like, and that's not me personally. Yeah. You know. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, yeah. um, seventy one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which was a little lower than I was expecting. Yeah, um, seven point one out of ten on IMDb, sixty one percent Metacritic. Our last film, Talk to Me, was way up in the nineties yeah. and the um, like eighty percentile. So um, yeah, I was a little shocked that this one didn't. For all the buzz that it got, it didn't. I just think it kind of was like, yeah, this film's probably not for everybody yeah it's it sounded like a lot of people had very conflicting views responses responses like um like one of the podcasts i listened to they're like um like i'm not going to tell you that you should watch saltburn but you should watch it yeah but like i don't know how i feel about it yeah it's like oh i i know how i feel about this film you know and um I think people should watch it yeah. just to, you know, maybe see something different yeah. or like something. I don't know. I also thought it was so funny that during the holiday season, everyone's like, family movie night. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then accidentally throws that on or like they knowingly are about to get their parents and Yeah, they're like watch. showing everyone's reactions of all the very, yeah. uh, well, like, you know, mostly talk scenes yep. about this film. And, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, just talking about that, uh, a couple fun facts from the film that I thought were really interesting was it was shot in 48 days. Well, that's really quick. Yeah, pretty quick. Um, Barry Keegan, um, approached the movie as if he were playing five different characters. And I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He labeled each scene with Oliver one, Oliver two, three, and so on based on which version of Oliver he should play at any given time. Um, as part of the process, he wrote in five different notebooks detailing like the motivations and mannerisms of each Oliver. Um, and I, I thought that was really cool because he does become such a method actor yeah. in this. Um, some of the film's marketing included intentionally short clips lasting less than like 15 seconds, which were designed to act as tasters for the film and gave away much less than a conventional trailer or teaser. So they didn't even really show clips from the film they were just showing like shots of like you know like what's going on yeah we don't it's very mysterious um and then our director emerald emerald finnell actually studied at oxford Mm -hmm. and that's where the film you know takes place at the beginning um and there was a lot of fighting over the eyebrow piercing that felix has (laughs) at the beginning of the film emerald really wanted it because that's what she remembers you know growing up in that time at oxford yeah well it's it's 2006 yeah i felt like i knew so many people who i who had eyebrow piercings and who who since have taken them out and it has that very distinct Scar. scar on the eyebrow yeah and like it's such a subtle detail and i feel like 
if you weren't there, you yeah. wouldn't know. Yeah, you but know? she but she was fighting so hard That's with the awesome. studios, <laughs> and they were pissed about it because they were getting you know sample footage. Um, but they finally compromised and let him wear it uh, while he was at Oxford, and then not throughout when he's at, when he's at Salford. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just like some fun little factoids before we get started. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yes, um, before we start, I uh, just wanted to give a quick trigger warning that this film does discuss suicide, as well as other content that might be unsetting, upsetting for some, <laughs> which I guess I should say. Uh, so uh, yeah, if you know yourself, it's, you know, and if this one isn't for you, no worries. Yeah, we yeah. won't be offended. Mm-hmm. Come back and join us in a couple yeah, weeks. we're never going to make you want to do something you don't want to no, do. No, no. Um, but yeah, I'm a little scared, but... <laughs> Shall we just get into this one? Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so... Our plot begins, like you said, in 2006. Oliver Quick, an outcast scholarship student, faces social challenges at the University of Oxford due to his unfamiliarity with high society roles and behaviors. He eventually forms a friendship with Felix Catton, a wealthy, popular student who shows empathy towards Oliver's tales of his parents' struggles with addiction and mental health. He really does kind of feel for him and, you know, what he shares with Felix. Um, But when Oliver comes to Felix upset over his father's death, Felix offers comfort and invites him to spend the summer at his family's estate, Saltburn, Mm -hmm. which I I liked the, the kind of the, I don't know, getting to see the inside of a school like that at that time period, like the the clothing. And it's crazy to me that yeah, it's 2024 and 2006 can be, uh, conceptualized as a period piece. I know. <laughs> it's fucked you, up. Where were you in 2006? Uh, where was I in 2006? High school. Yeah, what age? Uh, 15? 14? Okay. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, formative, formative Very age. formative years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the opening lines of the film are, I wasn't in love with him. I know everyone thought I was, but I wasn't. Mm. And this is where I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to get a queer, like, weird love story. Yeah. I'm so excited. And I feel like I, will, I got a little bait and switched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a line like that, you're not really sure. What to make of it. Yeah, what's going to happen. Because yeah. um, I feel like someone who says a line like that, they're like, like they're trying to protect themselves mm-hmm. in a sense that everyone knew in the room mm-hmm. something about them, but they're like, no, uh-huh. I could never. Uh huh. You know? And also, like, there's an audience that's listening. Yeah. From the very beginning. Yeah. And I thought, um, I thought he was like talking to like a therapist. Yeah. Or like at the beginning, or someone of some stature of like maybe, I don't know, like a police officer mm-hmm. or something like because it. It doesn't feel like he's talking to a friend. No. It's like he's talking to a therapist, a, a reporter. Yeah. You know, like, it's it feels very um, 
um like like the 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 air feels very like sensationalized mm-hmm. in a sense mm-hmm. and you're like what's going on yeah here? like he's not being super genuine sincere there's some sort of like um like calculatedness and very yeah. he's being very careful with yes, his language careful, yeah. very careful yeah, yes yeah but um you know, we get thrown into this time at Oxford, and you really feel for Oliver. Like, he yeah, does he, seem like this underdog yeah. guy. And no one, yeah, all, um, you know, there's these little instances where, you know, he like walks into like the dining hall and he's like trying to find a spot to yeah. sit. <laughs> I forget what that character's name is, but he sits across <laughs> like the math guy. Uh-huh, and he's like, I'm a genius. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, Ask me a question. Like he like takes like he's so pissed that Oliver doesn't care. Does not care. Like I don't care about your math skills, bro. And he's like, ask me a question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, poor Oliver is yeah. stuck with this kid. Yeah. Um, but like the the reason they ended up kind of meeting is because Felix got a flat tire, and Oliver mm-hmm. offered his bike and was like, yeah. give it back to me. Yeah. So you can get to class. And they they're kind of like sensing a little bit that like. Uh, Oliver notices Felix. Yeah. Like he wants he wants a meet Q. Yeah. Like you can you can sense that he yeah. He wants to be in his orbit. Yeah, he wants he's and 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 again, like I feel like we I don't know, not that we've all been there, but you know, when you first go off to college, it's like you get to reinvent yourself mm-hmm. in a sense and you try to meet friends and you want it to be like so organic and like, you know, if someone like kind of catches your eye, whether it's like, oh, that person seems cool or like, wow, I'm like really attracted to this mm-hmm. person. You know, you always not that it's a force thing, but you're always just kind of like, oh, I hope I bump into them right. somehow. And right. like you're just kind of waiting for yeah. that moment to happen. Yeah. Um, But it's sad because I feel like um, there is a sense of, you know, a place like Oxford, I feel I obviously I did not go there. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I didn't know. Now I know. Yeah. Yeah, now I know. No. <laughs> I didn't even apply. Oh my gosh. Do you even apply to go yeah. to Oxford? I don't know. I don't, yeah. Who knows? But yeah, I feel like that world to me is so mysterious. Like the that collegiate elite Mm -hmm. kind of sense of it all i feel like we kind of already know that oliver is not of this world Mm -hmm. like the 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 like uh like they're aristocratic you know Mm -hmm. he he kind of seems like he you know got a scholarship there or like i think we find out that you know he's like you know um an academic scholar like Mm -hmm. so we know he's really smart but He's there. There is this. He there is this like um, disconnect that Oliver has with all the other people that go there, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't even seem like the people who go there care that they're at Oxford. They're like, oh, I have to go here, right. you know. Like, right. whereas uh, a math dude is like, I'm at Oxford because I'm a mathematician, and like I'm fucking here, you know. I got myself here, and he has this like vendetta against these people, and. Uh, again, I don't remember his name. I'm just gonna call him Matthew. Yeah. He even has that line that, like, they're in the library and he, he notices Oliver looking at Felix and his friends, and he kind of alludes to like something about like we don't want to be part of those like vapid cunts, you mm-hmm. know? Like he he says something to. I mean, he says those words, but he like he's just like we don't even want to touch that. Like, 
they're they're not even here, mm-hmm. you know, like really here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the undertones of classism in this movie is really interesting. Too. Yeah, it's very obvious. Yeah, like you can't miss it. No. Yeah. Yeah, because Oliver's there like iron shirt like mm-hmm. wants to be really prim and proper and then like the people the rich kids are like walking around and <laughs> casual super casual <laughs> and iron shirt yeah. with their eyebrow piercings right. and their carpe diem right. tattoos right. <laughs> and that that very icon like jacob alordi has that very iconic like swooped the bang, hair mm-hmm. like a little shaggy mm-hmm. um yeah 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 um and, you know, there's, like, pressure from Oliver as he starts kind of getting nearer to Felix's orbit, where yeah. it's, like, you know, you he he's so fish out of water, There's they, like, kind of peer pressure him to try to pay for these beers yeah. that he can't afford, and Felix yeah. fits the bill. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of, you know, start getting, like, becoming little, like, com- compadres. Yeah. And you can definitely tell there's, like, actual real, like, friendship and chemistry They're between connecting. them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you also get the sense from Oliver that he's really pining after Felix and, yes. like, kind of a little stalkery yeah, behavior he, watching well, them. Well, yeah. He, like, um, there's a moment where Felix kind of puts, like, a boundary up and he's like, oh, I'll call you later. Yeah. And maybe, we'll, like, and he's like, can I, will I see you at the pub? And he's like, yeah, maybe. And then, like, Felix is there with his friends mm-hmm. and, uh, I was gonna say Barry, um, <laughs> Oliver sees that they're there yeah and like he didn't get invited yeah and so he's feeling the sense that like felix doesn't need oliver yeah but oliver in a sense needs Needs felix Felix. and yeah there's some very uh um concerning behaviors that happen like you know i don't know if oliver was like waiting outside that window but he's like watching felix like about to have like sex with this girl yeah and you're just like yeah dude go away yeah. <laughs> like what are you doing yeah i mean but still at this point i'm like okay yeah you're being weird you're pining you're yeah. stalking but maybe this can still be like the the gay romance that mm. i want and yeah. I'm still I'm when I first watch it I'm still on board. Yeah. I'm like this could still be that. Um but I think Ollie tries to get kind of back into Felix's like attention by saying that his dad dies. Yeah. Um and they have this cute little stone throwing thing where they write his name on the rock and throw it in the river. And <laughs> There's no water. There's yeah. <laughs> it's like garbage yeah. that he throws yeah. it into which could be, He's you like, know, a oh, metaphor. That can't be good. <laughs> And it's not. No. Um, and, you know, then they kind of, he's like, you know, come to mine. Come to Saltburn for the summer. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of his, you know, f- f- official formal invitation into his world. The world. Yeah. yeah. Felix's world. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's all. And we, we also get to introduce to Farley <laughs> and him and Oliver have a really interesting dynamic. Um, because Oliver isn't afraid to ta- to challenge Farley intellectually, mm-hmm. and but Farley kind of has this like unabashed like, f- well, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Kind of like you know um, sense to him, yeah. and yeah, like he, you're kind of, and you find out that Farley and Felix are cousins, mm-hmm. but in a very chaotic way, mm-hmm. like. There's messiness. There's some messiness, but they they are like 
I think they're like first cousins. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, in a sense, Farley is kind of, he's also kind of in this like, um, living in between worlds in a sense, because I think from, um, I think it's his, his mom is connected to the family, mm-hmm. but his dad is not. So mm-hmm. like, maybe his dad's like a commoner, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so like, Felix kind of alludes like, you know, he's my cousin and he's done some things. Mm-hmm. So he's gotten kicked out of every school. He's, he's also American. To. And he's yeah. American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's also black. Yes. So the the differences keep piling up and yeah. we can, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about this yes. more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh, during his stay at Saltburn, Oliver meets Felix's high society family, including his parents, Sir James and Lady, uh, Elspeth? Elspeth. Elspeth. Um, his <laughs> sister, Venetia. Elspeth's friend, Pamela, who, like, I kind of loved. Uh-huh. I wanted so much more I of her. Know. Uh, played by uh, Carrie Mulligan. Um, and Felix's American cousin, Farley, um, with whom Oliver shares a strain, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, a strain relationship from their interactions at the university. Oliver manages to endear himself to most of Felix's family, especially Elspeth. But Farley, who seems suspicious of Oliver, um, Oliver's infatuation with Felix intensifies and his actions become increasingly invasive and inappropriate, (laughs) uh, leading to a series of confrontations and escalating tensions within the household. One night, he watches Felix masturbate (laughs) in the bathtub. There's like no way to get away from this. Um, Masturbate in the bathtub. And lustfully drinks the semen laced bathwater. I hated writing that in the notes. Just FYI. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> um, a few days later, Oliver sees Venetia walking around the ga- uh, grounds at night, and he finds her alone on a bench. They meet, and he performs oral sex on her while she is on her period. Farley witnesses this and informs Felix. When Felix confronts Oliver about the accusation, he claims that nothing happened at night. Oliver initiates sexual advances on Farley, threatening him in the process. The next morning, James, uh, Oliver's dad, evicts Farley after receiving information about Farley's intention to sell some of James' is valuables yeah so a lot happens yeah right like he get we get introduced to saltburn yeah. the estate which is opulent and over the top oh, it's like so vast oh my and there's a maze there's a pond yeah. there's like you know and it's a real house like yeah. it's i forget how many bedrooms it has but an absurd amount of bedrooms mm-hmm. um and you know we're we're like introduced to all uh, Oliver's dynamic with the rest of the family and the way mm-hmm. that they kind of um I think they all kind of see him as a little bit of a plaything where they're oh, absolutely. they're kind of interested in him because he's different and because of where he comes a, from and he's all yeah and um he's yeah he's a uh, not of the rank yeah yeah but he, like I love that f- first introduction we get to um elspeth yeah and she she's just like in awe uh-huh. of oliver she's like oh my god those eyes what beautiful eyes oh and then she's like 
I have this, uh, I forget verbatim what it is, but she's like, I have a talent for not liking ugly things. Yeah. I don't know where it yeah. comes yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, this is bitch. Yeah. Like, but she's like charming. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just like mm-hmm. doe-eyed mm-hmm. and, you know, like Roseman Pike mm-hmm. is just like giving it her mm-hmm. own. And Carrie Mulligan's character is also oh, a little Pam. bit of a plaything yeah, for them Pamela. too. Pamela, she's like. You don't really, like, you know, she's a friend, but um, the way. Elizabeth also treats Pamela and she's like trying to get her out of the room and mm-hmm. she's like, um, can you go put the kettle on? And she's like, where? She's like, the kitchen. You'll find it. You'll find it. You'll find it. You'll, it. You'll it. figure it out. Like, and so you kind of know that, you know, maybe Pamela and Oliver of all, are of the same like rank in a sense. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're not, yeah, they're, they're not uh, aristocrats. Mm-hmm. They're not wealthy. Yeah. But they are there for some sort of uh, entertainment mm-hmm. for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Oliver finally meets Venetia, mm-hmm. Felix's sister, she says, I think I like you even more than last year's one. Yeah. So you're like, okay, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. They a pattern. Bring, they bring people in. Um, but yeah, I thought that was such kind of um, like awkward, like really smart comedic writing when Oliver does come to Saltburn and he's like interrupting the system like I forget what the uh, butler's name is but it's like Willemsby no it's not yeah the butler Um, he like shows up early Mm -hmm. and they're like oh we sent a car to go get you and he was like oh I don't I didn't know I got off the train and yeah no one told me (laughs) you know and he kind of just shows up Mm -hmm. and there was like a really interesting also like cool camera angle in this scene too because um we are looking up mm-hmm. at the butler and he's like so stoic mm-hmm. and it's like this person is all knowing mm-hmm. in a sense and like this is his domain mm-hmm. and then we get you know a shot at oliver and he is very small mm-hmm. you know like Bar- barry keoghan is a small person mm-hmm. but uh, like the way that the camera sits on him is like he is this like little thing mm-hmm. coming into this space, mm-hmm. small but mighty, small but mighty. Yeah, um, but also just like alluding to like the classism. Yeah, and like yeah, you are not like you're not in a sense like you're beneath me. Mm-hmm. Like even the butler is like clocking him mm-hmm. and like is sizing him up, and he's just like mm, okay, mm-hmm. you know, because I think he sees in. Oliver, he's like he's one of us. He's he's not he's not the family. Yeah, he's he's uh kind of as Venetia would call it, a surf, you know, <laughs> like lowly on the totem pole, and yeah. like he's like, why is this kid here? Yeah. Like you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, um, and you know he kind of like has that feeling throughout the film where the butler is just disapproving but also like under like he he's a guest here so i have to yeah yeah but also like he might be like he's somewhat aware of what's going on too so yeah it gets gets real complicated yeah and there's that um line that venetia says at oliver at some point and she's like you're like i could tell why felix likes you because you're so real yeah and it's like alluding to like oh you're you're just a you're a normie you're a normal person Mm -hmm. and like they're like you said like there's a the uh like he's just an object Mm -hmm. like he's another thing inside the house Mm -hmm. that everyone gets like 
Because this house, Mm -hmm. it's grand and opulent, and there's fucking just, like, priceless works of art and everywhere. Things, things, like, (laughs) passed down through generations Mm -hmm. and generations and generations, and, like... Like, I think when uh, Oliver, no, when Felix is giving Oliver the, the tour. tour of the house, he even says, like, something about, like, oh, yeah, uh, there's King Henry VIII's bunk uh-huh. still on that uh-huh. mattress, I think. And uh-huh. you're like, and you just, like, pass by. Uh-huh. And then uh, Felix even says something like, oh, yeah, this is where I accidentally fingered my cousin. And you're just like, what? what? <laughs> like, yeah, what do you mean? This is not. The- yeah. And, and it's just like, there's all this, like, priceless works of art. But these people are messy. There's, mm-hmm. like, cigarette butts and, like, uh, Diet Coke cans mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, there's that f- uh, scene when Oliver walks into Saltburn for the first time. And there's those fly traps hanging from probably, like, uh, you know, like a priceless crystal mm-hmm. chandelier. And you're just like, huh, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, th- these are who these people are. Like, yeah. they live in this world, but, like, they're also just, like gross and messy mm-hmm. and like don't, underneath that facade yeah i don't care yeah um and you know we can't we can't go on without just at least talking about the bathtub scene oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a little bit more detail um because i think that that is one of the more like um shocking mm-hmm. scenes in the movie and one of the ones that most people have been like talking about yeah. um and like just like kind of disturbed by and it's become like really iconic yeah. and um i think this is also like kind of we we dip as you would say we dip our piggies into <laughs> um oliver being not quite what we what we think he is yeah. like he's he's kind of entered into like a different territory yeah. and our brains aren't really sure where to put him yet yeah we're still kind of observing because we are like we're just like you know and throughout his narration he's kind of talking t- to us or at he's us talking the to audience. somebody um and you do feel like you're not fully immersed you're just witnessing and watching uh-huh. um but the bathtub scene um they actually used a blend of yogurt, milk, <laughs> and water. Mm. And it took four takes for them to get the final take that they wanted. So he had to do that four times. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of just know um, when Felix is giving that tour to Oliver and he's like, oh, we're going to share a bathroom. Yeah. I hope you don't mind. Yeah. Like, you kind of, the Cardi already knew, in a sense, like, Oliver is gonna maybe take advantage of that somehow and yeah he like he was stoked dude when he I mean and yeah you just hear like the moaning and you're like oh uh-huh, what's going on in there uh-huh. and then and it's one of those things that's like dude your homie's just like taking care of himself like leave him alone like you know he we we like in a sense like I feel like Felix is he's relieving some stress because he's <laughs> I mean, he is. Uh, but, like, when Felix goes home, that's when he, we don't see him with his eyebrow piercing mm-hmm. anymore. He covered up his tattoos. Um, he already talked about his mother not liking ugly things. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, Oliver has to shave. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't like stubble. She likes things clean mm-hmm. when it's like, dude, look at your house. Mm-hmm. Like, so that doesn't really make sense. Um, but, you know, F- Felix is already possibly, like, somewhat 
stressed out that he's home because yeah. he kind of has to act a certain way. He yeah. doesn't get to be this free college boy yeah. on campus. He's like in his parents' world yeah. and, and the rules are kind of different. But also like maybe do it in your bedroom. Like you yeah. do it in your shared bathroom yeah. with your guests but with then, the door like partially gonna, open. Yeah, I feel like you maybe want to be. That's just going to get on you. So like that's the whole, <laughs> you're not clean anymore, my dude. Like that's not Epsom salts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah i feel like some of that was like uh, i don't know like intent somewhat intentional just, he he doesn't he doesn't yeah, care he doesn't care mm-hmm. yeah he i mean they've all like throughout the you know beginning of the film they allude that felix lives pretty fancy free you know and so like i also don't i'm not a dude yeah so i don't i don't think <laughs> But I don't think, like, dudes are just, like, doing that with, like, also knowing that, like, your homie's on the other side of the door. Like, you share a bathroom. Yeah. Or, like, you didn't even, like, you didn't even spritz some cleaner <laughs> in there. Like, you <laughs> he just, just left. Just left. Yeah. I mean, but also maybe he knows someone else will clean this. Mm-hmm. Like, because the world of Sopperin is like, you don't have to clean mm-hmm. up your mess. You know, mm-hmm. someone, someone will clean it up for you. And Oliver did. He <sighs> sure did. Sure did. With his mouth. Every last drop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like when he went, when he like, again, goes on, like he like goes to his knees in the bathtub. I'm like, what are you about to do? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? And then he just does it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then he okay. takes that one really long, like slurp well, into the, <laughs> in the yeah. drain and yeah. i was just like he goes in the drain yeah 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 and i think yeah i mean i it's something that i remember like listening to from an interview with barry keoghan he was like you know so there, we haven't gotten to this to that scene quite yet but he was like i always just wanted to see like how far I could push it with Oliver, mm-hmm. what he would do, mm-hmm. you know? And that's interesting to know that he had all these different characters mm-hmm. for Oliver and, and this progression of, mm-hmm. like, this chaos. And, yeah, I just... Yeah, but the... The, the gulp of obsession <laughs> is, 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 is insane. Um, you know, and so, like I said, that, that really is kind of like, uh, flipping the switch on our perception of Oliver slightly. And it keeps getting, like, he keeps pushing our band boundaries as the viewer too, Mm -hmm. because he, he's so, he's, he's very slow and subtle the way that he starts to like, get his fingers and claws into this family. And he even makes a comment to Elspeth when he, he's like, wow, like it must've been really hard for Venetia to have you as a mom because you're so fucking beautiful and she's like kind of taken aback yeah and she kind of like scoffs yeah yeah and he even like you know gets gets her to like think badly about her friend pamela yeah and he doesn't even say much Mm -hmm. he just i think he's already kind of clocked Esbeth a little bit and that she she loves the drawings yes and she loves all do and she loves because even before oliver even gets to saltburn like and he well no he's walking into the room where everyone's what movie are they watching? I forget what movie. They're watching something though. It's like The Ring or something. Yes. Poltergeist no, or the ring? the ring. The Ring, yeah. And um Esbeth is sitting to Pam- Pamela talking about Oliver. 
and just like airing out all his shit. And Felix is like, how'd you hear that? And, you know, oh, I heard it from Farley. And he's like, Farley, I told you that in confidence. He's like, well, whatever. But Esbeth loves the drama and she, she wants, she, she, she can't help it. She like, you know, she's like a moth to the flame. Mm-hmm. She, she wants to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even if it's like, obviously it's none of her fucking business. She mm-hmm. just, she just can't help herself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, uh, I think because Oliver, you know, is very smart. He knows what buttons to push right. and bring. And, and I also think he, I don't know if he did this to get Pamela out of the house, like to start eliminate people in that sense. Um, but yeah, like that's, that's very forward mm-hmm. by dude to be like, Oh, it must be. And as like, as Beth is trying is like, airing out Venetia's mm-hmm. like personal shit too like about her eating disorder mm-hmm. you know and like uh I think she talks about like you know maybe her like substance abuse mm-hmm. too it's like why are you tell- talking about your daughter to this person you don't even know but she yeah. just like can't help she it can't. yeah 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 and, and and Oliver sees that yeah yeah and yeah I just remember watching Oliver say that to her and just being like oh fuck Oliver's kind of weird. Like yes. Oliver, Oliver's, Oliver's a little scary. Yeah, I just remember like, what are what are you doing? What are your intentions here? What are you doing? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and we saw we see that again. You know, kind of in that same chunk of plot, which we're still you know like waiting through here. But um, he has that encounter with Venetia, mm-hmm. where you know he like talks. He he basically uses her eating disorder and this new information that he learns about her to like, um, like get a little bit of control, a little bit of rapport where he's like, you're going to eat and like in a very dominating manner. Yeah. And she's really just kind of taken aback by him. uh, His like uh, forthrightness, Mm -hmm. like very in your face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then while he is like basically eating her out in that scene when she's on her period. Well, she, she has like, Oh, it's like he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And she knows what he's about to do. Yeah. And she's just kind of like, oh, um, it's uh, uh, not the right time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's like, lucky for you, I'm a vampire. <sighs> yeah. And and he's like admitted in that moment, like what he's there for yeah. is to like drain this family mm-hmm. dry and we're just getting like the tip of the iceberg with how he's going to do that. And he's sort of like admitting to us, the viewer, like he, yeah, that he's, he is a vampire. Yeah. Like it, and that, and that, the, that's where this film kind of comes back to like, it is like a, it is a horror movie. It, it, is. it is a story about a vampire. It is a story about um, like a leech, you know? Yeah. And um, like, I, I just thought that that was, like, such a subtle way of, like, bringing it all home uh-huh. with that, like, gothic element. Yeah. 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 I can't deny, though, that that is a pretty sexy line. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> and, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, because this scene, I feel like, you know, uh, Beyond the um, kind of manipulative layers behind it and why it's happening, 
we don't really get to see female pleasure um so like in your face yeah and not and not in a porn way mm-hmm. um but it's just like think about all the sex scenes you've seen where it's like it's men getting pleasure mm-hmm. whereas Oliver might he is getting something out of this but he is giving it to Venetia and I think she is you know kind of really uh taken aback because um because her body is her like greatest fear Mm -hmm. you know and unfortunately that's why she has an eating disorder and you know and who knows if that was something that we don't know enough really about her that backstory enough but you know here's someone who who doesn't care Mm -hmm. and i think that is really um, attra- like it's very attractive for Venetia, mm-hmm. and even when she's kind of squirming, she's just like, "Ah, oh, no, 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 no!" Uh, you know, because like in in reality, women are made to feel um ashamed mm-hmm. of their period of their menstruation, and that oh, it's dirty, and you know, uh society is like oh when you're on your period you should like that that's all you're dealing with you should not have pleasure when that's happening and to me i felt like this was like the most feminist part of this film because you're just like fuck yeah Yeah. you know like yeah it doesn't matter and it's also like like this is i want to say something more clever but it's like is is that person man enough to do this Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like whatever Mm -hmm. i don't care Mm -hmm. and that's why at first when i heard lucky for you i'm a vampire i was like damn (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a pretty good line yeah Um, yeah and it's just kind of i don't know again we don't see it in films Mm -hmm. or maybe maybe more in like stories but as a viewer we don't get to see that side of, you know, women still, like, wanting pleasure when they're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, or men wanting to give pleasure. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. in a sense, like, I know he has some underlining uh, uh, intentions, mm-hmm. but, you know, power to Oliver. <laughs> That was his feminist moment. I agree. That was like the most feminist uh, moment in the film. And and, and that dichotomy of like, we don't know Venetia's story. She's a very shallow character. We can only, you know, put our assumptions onto her. But the scene is so much the female gaze and focused on her pleasure. And um, yeah, it, it, it subverts that in a really interesting way. It's like, we don't know about this character, Mm -hmm. but she's still the focus and she's still, you know, like gaining this from Oliver and Oliver Mm -hmm. is willing to give her, um, this pleasure. And that shot of him like smiling kind of menacingly in the bathtub again. So the bathtub is also like another character to this too, because it keeps coming back. Yeah. It comes back a few times. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. But yeah, we see Farley kind of like, being a little watcher. Snoopy Snoop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he like even says like, you idiot. Or yeah. you know, he says yeah. something and you're like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Farley? Yeah. What are you gonna do with yeah. That? But also like he's seen this before. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, you know, we know how this is going to play out. Yeah. So as summer comes to an end, Elspeth and James arrange a birthday party for Oliver 
Farley gets kicked out of the house for trying to sell something that he stole from the family. And Felix, aiming to surprise Oliver, takes him to visit his allegedly <sighs> estranged mother, yeah. causing Oliver to, like, full-on panic. Um, upon arriving at the house, Felix discovers Oliver's web of lies about his upbringing and family background. Not only is his supposedly dead father alive and well, Oliver is actually from a well-to-do household. He has siblings, caring parents, nothing at all like the addiction-riddled childhood that ex- he expressed to Felix. Um, and distressed by the deceit, but choosing to keep it private, Felix asks Oliver to leave after the party, essentially ending their friendship. And Oliver tries to reconcile with Felix at the party, but is rejected. Mm -hmm. Um, This is like a very pivotal moment in the film, I feel, because we just we really learn about the extent of Oliver. But we still don't quite, you know, there's still some more to be discovered about him. At this point, we're just like, okay, he's a compulsive liar. Or like, dude, just give it up. Yeah. Like, what what are you? What? what, Why is this so important? Yeah. Like. For, 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 yeah, for the lie? Yeah. Like, what? Why are you grasping at straws now? Yeah. Like, y- you're done, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. That's, dude. Yeah. That's when <laughs> this movie became a horror film. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> it's like, yep. The shock, the embarrassment, yep. the tension. Like, I feel like my stomach would fall on my mm-hmm. ass if I. If I got found out that way, and in a sense, too, it's like, I understand Felix in that moment was trying to be a good friend. However, it's like, dude, this is none of your fucking business. Like, and I get it. Felix, I think, in a sense, just wants to do, he always tries to want to do the right thing. Or at least to look like the good guy. Yeah. And, you know, I can, I can sympathize with the idea of, like, Felix wanting to do this for Oliver because, like, hey, I'm your friend. I'm going to help you. We'll get through this together. Like, whatever will happen, like, I will be there to support you. But also, like, dude, again, like, don't interject. I mean, like, Oliver's doing that to mm-hmm. you, but, like, don't. You don't know that yet. You don't know yeah. that yet. Like, you're still, yeah, you're still, uh, you know, you're still a baby. <laughs> like, you don't understand. <laughs> but, don't I like I would even if I don't know even if I didn't lie and had this whole conjured up bullshit story if I got in a sense like tricked to go see my parents I would Mm -hmm. feel kind of like oh have you been talking to my parents Mm -hmm. like or like why are why are are you introducing (laughs) like that sounds like uh double standardy but it's like I, when when you kind of start putting the puzzle pieces together of where Felix is taking Oliver, and you're like, oh shit, mm-hmm. oh shit, mm-hmm. oh shit, and then there's his sweet mom mm-hmm. in the lawn tending to the her f- roses, or her whatever. herbs, her herbs, <laughs> and you know, then she goes like, oh, and like dad's inside, and you're like, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah. Thought your dad was dead, dude. I thought you were from a trailer park too. Like you, you <laughs> yeah. like the way you were yeah. talking about your um, your Down home life, yeah, childhood. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when this that turned into a horror film for me because I would be fucking yeah. mortified. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and just you feel that discomfort. Yeah, um, you know, and there's this kind of like other narrative happening in the background before, um. 
Felix and Oliver go to his parents' house where like you can tell that Farley is really there there's there's some family struggles and ten- tensions forming yeah. where we don't really know exactly what's happening but basically Farley is is kind of beholden to the family for his education and his money. money yes. And it's like all wrapped up in that. And he's basically saying like, I don't want to be this way. We're family, you know? And mm-hmm. then um, Felix is kind of defending his father and sort of saying like, you know, we've been nothing but generous to you. And yeah. he, he says this line, we're your family. We hardly even notice that you're different or anything yeah. like that. And it's like, like, it's like, it's uh, why, like, why, why do you even have to say that? Yeah. Why'd you say that? Right, right. You know? And so we know Farley is in precarious circumstances also because this is like somewhat of a racialized thing too. Farley's the only black character um, that we really see like that has a very large role. There's a couple other sprinkled, but um, like Farley knows that he's kind of like, like you said, like Oliver in this limbo period Mm -hmm. and it's very like uncertain ground and you're just, you're not quite close enough to the nuclear family, but um, Oliver overhears all of this and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I'm going to use this to manipulate this guy. Yeah, and in a sense, oh, yeah, we told, yeah, we didn't talk about the interaction between Farley and Oliver. Mm-hmm. But um, before, like, Farley, in a sense, has been kind of had it out for Oliver. Yeah. He, he used, he's very quick to do certain things to embarrass Oliver, yeah. to kind of remind him where he stands right. and, like, you're not one of us. Right. And who knows? It could just be like, um, you know, a, a protective thing, you know, like. Uh, or he's like, there can only be one of us, exactly. bro. In yeah, the house. that too. Yeah. And uh, there is that scene where, um, you know, Oliver finds out that uh, Farley told Felix about him and Venetia. And then he tries to like kind of cover it mm-hmm. up. But then he uses that to like. Uh, manipulate Felix into thinking certain things about Farley. Mm-hmm. Like, is this the first time he's done this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, kind of like sprinkling these little things of doubt. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Oliver goes to Farley in the middle of the night. And like, yeah, Oliver just kind of pounces on Farley's bed. Like, like um, isn't scaring him, mm-hmm. you know? Because I think Farley is slightly... Not afraid of Oliver, but he just doesn't trust him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And Oliver, no, I think, knows. They don't really hide it. That Like, they don't really hide that Farley is queer. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oliver, but no one really, t- no, no one in the family really talks about it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that Oliver has clocked. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I'm, this is, this is what I'm going to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And he... I forget what Oliver tells Farley, but he like he's like you're going to behave. Yeah, right? you're going to behave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oof, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically, I don't know if it's assault. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would say so. It's definitely a gray it's area. Forced, it's it sense. is yeah. it is like Oliver came into his room, scared him, is threatening him, manipulating him, yeah. and far and, and also he's like, don't scream. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, talking about like 
yeah, we don't really talk about the queerness element. It's mm-hmm. like Farley probably has to be a little bit more secretive yeah, about his queerness. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's that power element that Oliver has in that moment that is just not not we can't call that consensual. Yeah. For sure. But it's it's it, <laughs> Oliver is just like He's a bisexual he, so he, psychopath. Yes. <laughs> we stand a bisexual king, but yeah, just maybe like Turn it down. Why there's gotta be motives. Yeah. Um, and there's that scene like uh after Farley kind of embarrasses him at the party where he Uh punches the mirror. Yeah. And then the next day the The mirror is fixed and replaced. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's that sort of symbolism again of sweeping things under the rug and like not never letting anything bad show. Yeah. And I feel like that also just shows like the differences in the two worlds of these two two different sets of people like um this rich aristocratic uh life where their their messes will be cleaned up yeah and no one will ever see it yeah whereas oliver like his his messes are not cleaned Mm -hmm. up and he he has to clean them up himself he has to clean them up himself and if when you know like in a sense when felix like finds out Mm -hmm. that oliver has been lying Mm -hmm. to him there's it's like, in in a sense, it's like, Felix takes, I get it, like, it, it would suck to be manipulated that way and just be like, why did you lie, you know? Why why do you have to do this for mm-hmm. us to be friends? But, you know, there's, there's no one there to clean that up for Oliver. Mm-hmm. He has to, like, sit with it and, you know, uh, in a sense, deal with consequences. And is, like, from then on, he's kind of, like, ostracized a little bit from yeah. from the family dynamic yeah. because we don't see people talking to him anymore yeah. um like venetia i think kind of knows what happened and she just kind of smiles at him because she's embarrassed for him or you know there's like the otherness starts to happen yeah yeah um and i feel like ollie's like less able to put on that mask again like yeah. he's it's it's kind of been it's been ripped off it's been ripped off and he's he's a really like he's just not able to like go back to ollie one two three yeah. he's now ollie four yeah, five he, you know like, whatever yeah he he's like scrambling mm-hmm. rather yeah. than like dude just play it cool calm collected yeah. and and who knows, maybe you and yeah. this person will become friends yeah. later in life. Yeah. But like, right, right but now, he's like, no, 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 I want to fix it. I want to yeah. fix it. I don't want, like, how, what do I have to do? Right. You know? Right. And there's nothing you can do, bro. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, we can tell this new Oliver is, like, he even has a different swagger and body posture yeah. and, like, way of of being. Um, and there's this line at finally at the birthday party um, where Farley runs into Oliver <clears throat> and tells him this place, you know, it's not for you. And he has this whole great line about um, base. He's, he's basically talking about himself. Mm. Farley is because he is not um, of the family completely. And yeah. he, he is all these things that he's accusing Oliver of being as well. Um, but like there's, also at the party like no yeah like you said he's 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 alone now and nobody remembers his no nobody knows his name when they sing happy birthday to him was so yeah painful yeah yeah and because they even laugh at him they're like what is this guy's name again and he's just like oh 
And again, the way he's dressed, too, he's, like, in that really cool, mm-hmm. like, uh, white suit. Mm-hmm. He's got the antlers. But then when you see how everybody else is dressed, like, like, <laughs> like they, they don't take it as seriously as Oliver does. Like, Felix is in uh, a white t-shirt and jeans and, like, some, like, angel wings, you know? And he... It just looks like he rolled out of bed and just put the angel wings on, you know, whereas Oliver, again, here we are in the beginning. He like is prim and proper, Mm -hmm. you know, he and, you know, maybe it's also because it's his birthday, but he's trying to dress to fit the part where it's like, homie, the the, the The part's gone. The part's gone. And and, and the the world that unfortunately you will never belong to, like, has like put up a wall again, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep, absolutely. And, you know, like, as he's kind of hunting down Felix, trying to, like, corner him again, you know, and with the, so, like, the theme of the party is A Midsummer Night's Dream from Shakespeare, Um, and he, with with these antlers that he's wearing, which, Mm -hmm. like, have become, like, super iconic, you know, every time he, like, passes through shadow, they do look very devilish. Yeah, very menacing. mm -hmm, And it's sort of, like, this dichotomy of, like, dear and innocence but then turning like those horns into evil and you know prey becoming predator mm-hmm. and like i think that is super interesting and i just wanted to bring up some of the symbolism yeah. of um like the the minotaur mm-hmm. in you know greek mythology and other mythology um because the minotaur is where felix and ollie have that that final big scene in the maze yeah. Um, in Greek mythology, quote, as the unnatural offspring of a woman and a beast, the Minotaur had no natural source of nourishment and thus devoured humans for subsistence. A giant labyrinth was then constructed to hold the Minotaur and keep him from killing. In the myth of the Minotaur, the young worry, warrior Oh, I should backtrack. So, like, you can kind of read this as like, oh, Ollie's the Minotaur, and he—they're trying, you know, like he's the 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 menacing one that's trying to devour everybody. Mm-hmm. But in a different reading, we could read it as Ollie as Theseus. So, uh, young warrior Theseus ventures into a labyrinth to confront the Minotaur, yeah. which we could even say is Felix. Yeah. Felix could be the Minotaur, and so um, uh, the Minotaur, which is this half half bull half monster who's terrorizing the the Cretan royal family not, similar to the Catan royal fa- the family mm-hmm. um so Theseus slays the minotaur in the labyrinth only to manipulate the royal family he offered to help um and he takes the crown for himself mm-hmm. so in saltburn it's like easy to read oliver as the monster in the movie but in reality oliver could be theseus and Phil- uh, felix the minotaur um, that he slays and mm-hmm. the Minotaur in Greek myth demanding child sac- sacrifices in Saltburn. Felix constantly brings in a slew of lower class friends to Saltburn as, you know, like sacrifices yeah, to this totally. family to entertain them. Um, you know, and they're each as replaceable as the last until Oliver. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just kind of talking about that who's the villain in this yeah 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 i mean again i think just because of who who these who who these family members are Mm -hmm. by the end of the movie i was kind of like okay (laughs) you know and we're not there yet yeah but yeah that is a really interesting take of like who who is the true villain Mm -hmm. because 
you know, Felix, I, yeah, I guess had this like air about him that he's like, oh, I'm just casual. I'm a mm-hmm. good guy, you know, but we do find out that he does this. He brings people into his world um, for entertainment or for his family to like oogle and eigle mm-hmm. over, you mm-hmm. know. That's a word, right? I love that. But, I, I, right? It's it is. It's, it is now. <laughs> What's what was I, what was I trying to say? Um, Og- like ogle, ogle, uh huh, ogle and ogle, ogle and ogle. That's a, another Eagle. jazzism <laughs> uh, word that doesn't exist, but you know exactly what I was trying to say. I do, and it exists now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and it's like that's that's kind of fucked up, mm-hmm. you know, like. Oh, look at this uh, gesture. Right. Look at this uh, toy. Yeah. Look at this person who is experiencing all these things for the first time. And like, you know, we're we're such great people that we could give that mm-hmm. to him. And, you know, there is even that, I mean, backtracking a little bit, but there is that scene where they are having the first breakfast together. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's like, you know, they're, they're at the table and the, uh, the butler brings Felix like a full English breakfast plate and Oliver goes, oh, can I, can I have an English breakfast too? And Isbeth is quick to be like, oh, your, your food's on the side, Mm -hmm. on the side. Mm -hmm. Like she keeps like, you have, like you have to get your own food Mm -hmm. and like we're all served but you're not of this house. So mm-hmm. like you have to get your own breakfast and, um, you know, and Oliver is very, like, he's very, um, polite, like to all the staff. Like he always says like, thank you so much. Like, thank you. Thank you. You know, like, whereas again, like I don't ever hear any of these people say thank you mm-hmm. to their staff. Mm-hmm. Again, they're just, their staff are to them are not people. They're just there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, you know, f- probably in a really fucked up way. These people were probably just inherited down the line of of the history of Saltburn, you know, like. Um, so, yeah, that's a real interesting take on, like, who 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 really is the real villain? Mm-hmm. And, you know, by the end of the movie, did Oliver just like. You know, was he just the more clever player? Who knows? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so uh also I thought that just like yeah, the the labyrinth is a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And we keep also seeing Oliver like in Saltburn there's all these like books about everything that's in that house. And Oliver's smart. He goes to the library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he reads up. He reads up. <laughs> He's smart. Um and yeah, he there's even that moment where he there's like a like it's not a toy, but it's like a, a mock of the labyrinth. And mm-hmm. there's like a ball mm-hmm. to learn how to get to mm-hmm. the center. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I always I like in that scene when he's following Felix, you're like, bro, just give it yeah. up. Like this can wait. Yeah. Like why? And, you know, Felix, again, is just <laughs> he's living in opulence and he's, you know, having sex with a girl right you know out, not out in the open but like underneath the minotaur mm-hmm. in the middle of the labyrinth and yeah like oliver just doesn't give a fuck he just like 
kind of comes He's in. He's like, Felix, we need to talk. Yeah, and there's like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, I feel like this dude's been very yeah. clear how he, how, how, like, what, what You've is. crossed every yeah, boundary. Yeah, and like, this is not okay. And this is when yeah. it gets really, obs- I mean, it's already been obsessive, but it's like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this is like, we're, we're watching people in in tubs we're yeah. <laughs> we're coming into when they're having sex and just like like it's no big deal yeah. like like they're blowing their nose in a tissue like it's like no yeah. no no dude like yeah. this this is like violating yeah and oliver he's trying so hard to get I'm, back oh. into felix's good graces he's like you know i i i just uh, you know me you know me and then felix is like i don't know what you are but I do know you and you make my fucking blood run cold. Yeah. And it's like, that's a good line too. I think that was like the end of it for yeah. it, in Oliver's mind. Like, okay. Like, I think he finally got the the hint there. Yeah. Unfortunately, his response to that hint uh, was not great. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, cause yeah, Oliver keeps, it's not even just like, that scene in the labyrinth, but he finds Felix like sn- like snoring coke with like a couple of randos, and like Felix, you could tell he's already super annoyed with mm-hmm. Oliver. He's like, dude, like go away, like why, like why are you here, you know? And again, it's I think this is also when Felix he stops being like you know like a rational person, but he's also like in a sense like why are you even here mm-hmm. you know like you don't belong here mm-hmm. you know and and i get it like a like portrayal is hard and it's a hard pill to swallow but you know you also don't need to be like a shithead mm-hmm. <laughs> like but but i again it's like yeah he did lie to you yeah. he like conjured up a whole backstory that wasn't real yeah and he tricked you yeah and maybe felix hasn't been tricked a lot in his life and so it probably yeah. really hurts yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So the morning after the party, Felix is tragically found dead in the middle of the estate's maze. Oliver deflects blame, insinuating that Farley supply dru- supplied drugs during the party may have led to Felix's death. This accusation leads to Farley's financial disownment and banishment from the estate. Oliver grieves alone at Felix's gravesite, where he places flowers, lies naked on the grave on the grave soil, which is really fresh, by yeah. the way. And um, yeah, masturbates, or I think he he fucks. He fucks it. He fucks. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Post funeral. <laughs> Don't worry, dear listeners. We'll come back to that in a second. <laughs> um. Post funeral. Oliver continues to stay at Saltburn and infiltrates the affairs of the family. Esbeth asks Oliver to prolong his stay against the wishes of the increasingly troubled Venetia, who blames Oliver for the family's misfortunes and seems to see Oliver for he truly is. The next day, Venetia is found dead in the bathtub, having taken her own life. James, desperate to rid the family of Oliver's presence, offers him money to leave, which Oliver accepts. <laughs> Drama. Yeah. That when they, like, when Ollie wakes up 
and everyone's like yelling and screaming and they're like yeah. looking in the pond and you're yeah. just like, oh shit. But it's like, there's just like, it's not carnage, uh-huh. but there's like trash everywhere. everywhere. There's people asleep on the lawn. Mm-hmm. And um, have you ever seen the uh, the painting uh, Garden of Earthly Delights? Yeah. That's what this kind of totally. felt reminiscent of. Totally. Yeah, because there's just like, there's, you don't have enough time so to much look going at on. everything, but there's so much going mm-hmm. on just in that one scene when he like comes to the balcony mm-hmm. and he's just like looking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everyone's looking for Oliver mm-hmm. and or uh, Felix. Or not Felix. Yes, yes, yes. And it what that scene was really chilling when like uh, Esbeth is going into mm-hmm. the labyrinth and she like. Maybe it's like a mother's intuition, mm-hmm. but she like it's just it's a very it's very quick, mm-hmm. but it's like a slow camera following of her go like navigating the the maze, and you're like oh my god like and then her scream the scream she scrums she scrums <laughs> dude she's such a good actress yeah. like that would yeah. that felt super oh, real I, yeah yeah and then but then it's so interesting like you hear her scream. And then everyone kind of, like, flocks to the maze. And then everyone has, like, varying degrees of different, like, responses. So even though Elspeth let out that, that, like, wail, she's now just, like, standing there kind of catatonic. Yeah, disassociating. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, Farley and Venetia are on their knees sobbing. Yeah, they're inconsolable. Sir James is like, where's your jumper? Yeah. Get up, yeah. Please. But but that's all. Like that was fucking heartbreaking too to to yeah. to be witness of because he's just like, no, like my precious boy. Yeah. Like but this dead. couldn't happen to no, us. No, yeah. no, no. And yeah. he's like, darling. Yeah, wake up. Yeah, and he's like touching him. Yeah, and he's like, and Oliver's just observing. Yeah. yeah, you know all of this. And then fucking uh, Esbeth is like, all right, well it's lunchtime. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. We can't miss lunch. Right. Oh, and he's like, and then, yeah, Sir James is like, oh, yes, lunch. You're right, correct. Yes, yes, yes love. And yes. that whole scene yeah. in the dining room. Horrifying. Horrifying. I mean, it was a little, I mean, again, the, the little comedic little things in this movie, like, really hit. Because when the butler is struggling to get the curtain to close closed. close the blinds. Because, yeah, Felix's body um, is going to be wheeled out mm-hmm. by the ambulance. And he's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and and I thought that was such a cool transition in light because it's red, yeah, like yep. from the curtains. And yep. I don't know, I I just thought that was like a really cool artistic choice, yeah, because it it just it does it does feel very hellish, yeah. Oliver's like the only one eating, and they're mm-hmm. kind of talking. Uh, you know, Elspeth and Sir James are talking about the party and about the cake. And Venetia's and, like pouring wine into her glass. Yeah, and she's like overflowing. Farley is inconsolable and is like yeah. trying to leave. And uh, like, again, Oliver, I think it's just, again, he's grasping at straws and he's trying to like hold on to something. So he's like pandering yeah. to Esbeth and then it's just like oh yeah the food's great and right. oh she's like oh how was your cake right. you know like oh it's delicious oh, I never I, got any I never in the got end any in the end like oh, oh that's oh. how it is yeah, yeah and then uh yeah uh Farley like understandably not wanting to be there like wants to leave mm-hmm. but Sir James like 
demands that he eats yeah, his food. Like, Eat the but then he has that little like little little uh spoiled baby moment like but it's cold uh-huh. i don't want to eat uh-huh. it and you're just like oh my god yeah. this scene yeah. is so fucking chaotic yeah. and yeah it's yeah it's just a, yeah there's a lot going on oliver ends up like insinuating that you know felix's death could be related to the drugs that farley brought to well, the party Farley's like why are you still here mm-hmm. you know because he knows he knows what happened mm-hmm. between felix and oliver and that oliver is a liar and he like tries to call him out in front of the family mm-hmm. which like oliver then kind of shoots back and mm-hmm. is like well you had drugs last mm-hmm. night is that where were you mm-hmm. where were you when felix was mm-hmm. gone you know mm-hmm. and so I think because Farley is already kind of like um, he's like hanging my thread a little bit, yeah. Uh, with the patience of these people, yeah. Like he, it's it's easy for Sir James to lash out at Farley, right? And, and he like basically disowns him. Yeah, he's like, go check his room. He has drugs. Like we're never giving you any money again. Yeah. we're not going to tell the police, but that's it. Yeah. Fucking bye. Yeah. We're done. And I just I'm like. Ooh, maybe call back to like Megan the Stallion, Nicki Minaj, like Farley versus Oliver, you know, <laughs> it's like this fight to duke it out and like only one can be in, which is like a, a bullshit dichotomy, yeah. which we discussed. But um, yeah, we've got these two players that know how to play the game yeah. and one of them has to go. Only one can exist and succeed. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, we kind of transition into, oh, well, just to mention about the grave scene. Oh, which, how could how we can forget? forget? So, um, yeah. <laughs> that was totally Barry Keoghan's yeah, compl- idea. Yeah, he, it was a closed set. Mm-hmm. And he told Emerald, like, he just wanted to see, like, what Oliver mm-hmm. would do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um... I don't even know if I made a face when I was watching that, but it definitely was like silent. Yeah. Yep. And yep. I don't know what my thought. I don't think I even had any thoughts mm-hmm. or vibes. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> thoughts or vibes. No thoughts, no vibes. Um, yeah, because at first you're like, like that scene is so beautifully set up in mm-hmm. a sense where. It's like split screen between the sky and the ground mm-hmm. and Oliver is right there in the middle. And at first you are feeling him like be so distraught about his friend's death. And like mm-hmm. you as the viewer at first are like, oh, they never got to um, repair the bond. Mm-hmm. And then he just dies. Mm-hmm. And oh, my God, like Oliver did love Felix mm-hmm. and he's just there crying you know, on top of his freshly <laughs> grave, and you're just like, whoa, th- like, this is heartbreaking. Yeah. But then he, like, kind of sits up and starts unbuttoning his shirt, and you're like, what are you doing, Oliver? And then he, like, then lays down on the grave, or he might have also already unbuttoned his pants at this point. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of just, like, shell-shocked <laughs> what's happening. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, he, like, he just, like, whips it out and, like, sticks it in, in the earth and, like, kind of goes to town for... It's not long, mm-hmm. but it's long enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's long enough. It's long enough. But I just... I think, like, Barry 
going there knowing that he wanted to like try and experiment and like really take this role all the way fucking home yeah i think is like an incredible feat as an actor totally and i just i mean i think like actors can have such an impact on the final product of the film even Mm -hmm. even something that's not even written in the script and it's just like Uh you know something that he came up with but i just brava i mean his 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 role in this yeah it's amazing it's amazing yeah i remember uh watching an interview between uh jacob elordi elordi and uh barry barry keoghan and um it was like like they they seem like they have like great chemistry you know and they seem like they're they became pals Mm -hmm. through this process you know and um jacob said like if I had to describe one word about Barry, it'd be electric. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is such a, such a compliment because mm-hmm. that could go either way, you know, of, of, of who a person is. And yeah, the fact that like, as an actor, you wanted to push the boundaries to see where your character would go improbably, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, who knows if he had that written in his journal mm-hmm. that like that's something Oliver would do or if that was just he woke up and had his breakfast and he's like I think Oliver's gonna yeah. do this today. yeah <laughs> like yeah. And, and and that's awesome that um a filmmaker like Emerald mm-hmm. would allow her actors mm-hmm. to have autonomy like that mm-hmm. and I think that speaks a lot about you as like a person like the trust and like mm-hmm. yeah let's just see where this goes i could edit director i can edit it out if it's like fucking <laughs> too weird and you know but you know it's in the movie for a reason yeah 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 it is in the movie for a reason i and i think it needed to be there we needed to see like the full extent of what oliver is capable of yeah and even still we're not to the end of it no but you know we we're kind of Talk, I mean, this yeah. is there's so much in this movie, yeah. but you know, there's that moment that he and Oliver and Venetia have mm-hmm. after Felix is dead. Yeah. Venetia's in the bathtub and she's clearly hammered. Yeah, and Oliver is like, "Oh, sorry, yeah. like, oh, yeah, right, sure, yeah. okay." And they have this <laughs> confrontation, and she just basically like fucking lays it on him yeah. she's so good in the scene yeah. and you know she's like stranger fucking danger yeah she's like and the camera angle is cool too because she's like yeah looking at all of yeah. her like and sh- and but sh- her like she's not like in a sense i feel like this is where like the leanestness comes mm-hmm. but she's like i'm not even gonna lift my head up mm-hmm. to like look at you like I, my eyes are gonna be on you mm-hmm. but i'm not even gonna like I'm just going to slump in this tub right now and give it to you. Yeah. And she's like, do you know what daddy started calling you is Spider-Man? Yeah. And she's like, but I don't think you're a spider. You're a moth. Mm -hmm. Quiet, harmless, drawn to shiny things, banging up against a window and begging to get in. You've made your holes in everything. You'll eat us from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And I, that was like one of my favorite lines in this where I was just like, Yeah. Yeah. And again, like, just kind of throwing in all like because we i mean i'll admit i don't know what like i like in a sense i know what venetia was trying to say Mm -hmm. to oliver like that she's on to him but 
she kind of, like, she says, like, hmm, like, I remember you crying a lot at his funeral. And I felt so sorry for you. Yeah, because you, and you're like, how, how, how long did you know him for only yeah. six months? But it's like, dude, like, that to me was kind of a fucked up thing to say, because you don't know, like, she wasn't there, you know, like, you don't know in an in in amount of time, like, how people connect and, like, who knows, Oliver could have really felt, you know, in that moment, but... Feelings are valid. Feelings are valid. <laughs> and yeah, uh, don't oppress, express. And, <laughs> and um, so it was a little, like a little bit of like, ah, oh, girly pop. Like, you don't like, he could. She's trying to hurt him. Though, oh, no, she you know? is. No, yeah. no, no, no. And she's yeah. doing it like amazingly. Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's just like, she's like there with her cigarette, uh-huh. make her makeup's uh-huh. off, which like, it's the first time we see Venetia, not like, uh, I mean, she kind of has this really fun, like, rave girl grunge thing going mm-hmm. on. Like, they bleach the shit out of her hair yeah. on purpose yeah. for that yeah. look. Yeah, and, like, her, her eye makeup just looks like she's always sleeping in it. And it's like, girl, how are you not getting a sty or an eye infection? <laughs> um, but it's the first time we see Venetia without her, her mask mm-hmm. on, in a sense. And, you know, she's like... I see you, you know, and it's also just kind of also just digging it into Oliver, like, you know, like your moth bang, like banging on the window, Mm -hmm. begging to get in. It's like, you'll never get in here. Mm -hmm. You'll never be part of the society. And I heard, um, on like, I forget what their name was, but, uh, on TikTok, (laughs) there is a, there is a girl who like had a little bit of personal commentary about Saltburn and the thing that struck her the most. And she was a past student at Oxford and she was like, it doesn't. And she's like, I, I come from like a well-off middle-class family. I got into Oxford on, on academics and that's why I went there And she said that, you know, the people who are there because of who their family is, you know, there is this sense of like, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how much society thinks you are important, but because you are, you weren't born into this, like you, like you can't sit with us kind of mentality. And I think that's what really digs it in for Oliver because Venetia because everyone kind of has been tiptoeing around Oliver in that sense but Venetia is the like kind of the only one who's like I'm going to tell you what everyone else has been thinking Mm -hmm. the whole entire time you've been here Mm -hmm. and you know I think that's why what happens to Venetia happens to Venetia and again I'm always just kind of curious like like who Oliver was and what his intentions were going into this house. Like were the events that, that happened? Was that all part of a plan or was it improv and just kind of see like, (laughs) we'll see what happens. You know, I don't know. Um, But yeah, I thought that that whole scene is just, it's just very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Venetia is dead. Yeah. Felix is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of flash forward years later, and Oliver learns that Sir James has died. Yeah, uh, through a newspaper, and he sort of like quote unquote 
randomly runs into Elspeth at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's so happy to see him. Yeah, and they both look great. They do. Yeah, they they, they do. New hair, like new uh-huh. hairdo. Little glasses. She's, she has a cute little bob, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and... You know, like she she insists that he stay with her at Saltburn. Yeah. She even says like coast is clear now or something like that, like kind of jokingly. Well, yeah, because uh, Sir James, when he is offering, like he 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 just wants to move Sir James before he dies, and he offers Oliver to leave. He just wants to move the fuck on yeah. because his two kids are dead, and now he has like this random, um. Like, kid. <laughs> kid in his house yeah. and just like he just wants to he he wants to put all this behind him and he can't do that if oliver is there mm-hmm. and so like i think that's maybe what as beth was alluding to like us uh, you know the the grumpy old man right. isn't there right. anymore well because you know they kind of flirted when he was at saltburn yeah. and you know whatever and, but and it always kind of sense like the uh sir james and as uh relationship she just kind of panders to him yeah. like she he's kind of like a like a little bumbly idiot mm-hmm. you know and, and, and is endearing but he is kind of cuckoo mm-hmm. and she's just like of course darling yeah where whatever yeah. wear armor that yeah. sounds like a fantastic <laughs> idea you know like <laughs> um so you know he yeah she she invites him to stay at saltburn and after a few months with oliver Elspeth falls terminally ill, but mm-hmm. not before bequeathing her wealth, including Saltburn, to Oliver. Yeah. And on her deathbed, he reveals all of his manipulations and involvement in the family's tragedies, including that he had orchestrated his meeting with Felix yeah. at Oxford at the very beginning, which is new information yeah. for the audience, um, and even planned his encounter with Elspeth at the cafe, opening our eyes to the full extent of Oliver's calculated depravity. Mm-hmm. Um, Oliver comforts Elspeth and then murders her by removing her life support. Um <laughs> That the was fucking. The mo- that was the most shocking thing. That the fucking breathing tube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and so, having now assumed ownership of Saltburn and the Catton family fortune, he dances happily naked around the mansion. Um, but you know, the like, the the reveal that Oliver. He even set the razors on Venetia's bathtub. Mm-hmm. He poisoned the bottle of alcohol that he gave to Felix. Yeah. Like all of his calculated, you know, sins that he's now like revealing to yeah. a catatonic Elspeth, almost like a priest in a confession booth, you know, because yeah. he knows that she's not going to be able to talk because he knows that he's going to kill her, yeah. you know. And so he he feels kind of invincible in this moment. And you learn that all the narration was in fast forward him talking to Elspeth on her deathbed, mm-hmm. all of that, you know, kind of recounting the tale and the yeah. story of what happened. Um, and we finally learn like, Oh, okay. So yeah, it wasn't a police officer. It wasn't a therapist. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was Elspeth. Yeah. Um, and, and talking to us and mm-hmm. there's like moments where you just feel like so invasive as a viewer and yeah. kind of like you fell for it too. Mm-hmm. And like Ollie is talking to you, the viewer, like for wanting the drama and want, you know, and like it is, it, it makes you go, huh? Like, 
huh, why, why, why do I find this entertaining? Or like, why am I still watching? Or, you know, and I thought that was like such a clever way to just bring it all home. Mm -hmm. And, and just like really outline how fucking much of a psychopath Oliver is. Mm -hmm. Very calculated. Yeah. Yeah. But also like, fucking (laughs) icon. Yeah. Right? Like, (laughs) yeah. And in a sense, like, this is where I I have in the in the story I I I have difficulty like placing blame on Oliver mm-hmm. because like these are not n- nice people mm-hmm. and they from the beginning like it's all very subtle but they. Oliver was only brought there for one purpose, mm-hmm. and it was to be, like we said, a plaything. To entertain. Something to entertain them. And in a sense, I'm kind of like, like, good for you, queen. Like, you know, like, you kind of just, like, <laughs> yeah. like, these people told you, like, well, you're not, you can never be in this yeah. house. Yeah. And he was like, challenge accepted. I think we can add Ollie to that, like collage of good for her yeah you know yeah. that we have going in horror <laughs> yes, a little like, bit yeah <laughs> good for her good, good for, for all her good for all of her um but he has like as he's doing this narration and dialogue you know we wind it down um he says spoiled you guys are spoiled dogs sleeping belly up you know v- like vulnerable with no natural predators or not even vulnerable but like you're just so up your own ass yeah. like you don't realize what's happening you would never expect yeah. to have yeah. a predator like ollie yeah. come in yeah. and shake things up yeah and the way he like um like before he uh like takes like rips her fucking breathing tube out but he like pulls the blanket uh-huh. off of her i was like what is he about I know. to do right Well, because we've already seen him kind of fuck and a he, grave like, and so he, like kind of crawls uh-huh. onto her and i'm like what are you about to uh-huh. do oliver but then he does it. He like, and it, that that was kind of like, like uh-huh. <laughs> grabbing your uh-huh. throat and just, and then she's like choking on air. Uh-huh. And was I even like? I'm even curious. Like, did Oliver do something to Sir James? Maybe. I don't. Or know. Or maybe he was just waiting yeah. for you know his end. The long game. Yeah. And. Do you think he did something to Esbeth? Oh, 100%. 100,000%. He poisoned her over like a slow period, it seems like. He did something to her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was all part of his plan Mm -hmm. from the get. Um, But, you know, like we talked a little bit at the beginning about how like the setting of Saltburn itself Mm -hmm. was kind of its own character. Uh How like even the bathtub was like its own character. Um, But I think these sort of like these objects or these like homes or, you know, that's such such like a, a gothic uh, callback uh-huh. to you know like withering heights yeah. like these like estates <laughs> that have these histories and mm-hmm. ghosts and personalities and become really central to the story and like um i i just think the yes it's not subtle the way that it tackles like class consciousness yeah. but it's effective oh yeah totally. and you know yeah we're kind of left at the end like you know, as Oliver is dancing and, you know, <laughs> grabbing the stones of everybody dead yeah. that he... And it's such a, like, a fuck you. Yeah. Because um, 
in the beginning of the movie, Felix is talking about, like, this is my dad's tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, or my family's tradition of, mm-hmm. like, you throw your beloved one's name, like, you put him on a stone and you, you put him in the water. And Oliver's like, fuck no. Like, yeah. you guys can't rest. And like, you're going to live on a shelf in the house. Yeah, next to your little, like, puppet figurine uh-huh. thing that, like, we see in the beginning. Uh-huh. Oliver looks at it and it's figurines of all the family members, mm-hmm. like, in this little, like, dancey mm-hmm. thing. Um, But, yeah, I just, again... I love movies that kind of have that really fun, mm-hmm. unhinged ending. Because, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, uh, all like we d- we don't see Oliver quite yet, but we just hear the music. Yeah, and then he like comes out of bed. Yeah, and he, like he's just like snorts a line of cocaine, a line <laughs> and um, you know, very fluid dancing, mm-hmm. and it's just like living and untouchable. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's also just, like, yeah, they're, like, <laughs> it's very, all of it's very subtle, but, yeah, just, like, his, like, his pee-pee flying in the wind, <laughs> twisting and turning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as the viewer, it's, like, well, you haven't looked away yet, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. Just might just, as well see just, this just all the way enjoy. to the end, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was a very enjoyable scene. Like it was, it was great. Like yeah. going through all the rooms that Felix gave him the tour of, yeah. you know, at the beginning, and you know, like he ends like with just completely like this is my domain, yeah. and I have conquered the family yeah. and like defeated the Minotaur, yeah. or you know, and you're just like, yeah, he really, he really fucking ate the rich. He did. Yeah, he did. There was a murder on the dance floor. There was a murder on the dance floor. And also that song's getting, like, such a reboot yeah, now, and so, the yeah. artist no, is, like... I told you, I had never heard mm-hmm. this song before this movie. Yeah. And it's a great song. It is a great song. Yeah. yeah. And she's, like, on number, like, number one or two on, like, the, Again, good for the her. charts right now. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, like, tw- 20 plus years later, like, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, final thoughts on this, I thought... I really enjoyed it. Um, great music. Oh, so nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. Because this is our music. This, yeah. From... Emerald is a millennial. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's us. And I love seeing filmmakers like, like, I mean, bummer that this is now like a period piece because whatever. <laughs> but like, it's cool to see filmmakers make stuff that we know yeah. and are, yeah, like we kind of like reminisce about. Yeah. Like um, MGMT, mm-hmm. like, Time to pretend. That song had such a hold on us, dude. Yeah. I I like was transported, and like that that song in a, in a few events in my life yeah. was like a was the, the background music. Yeah, and yeah, I, I yeah the killers yeah. and just like Lock party. Yeah, just such a fun soundtrack, mm-hmm. and it was the juxtaposition of all the fucked up shit that was going on. Yeah. But like remind you like, remember, this is kind of a fun movie. Like Fresh was yeah. our very first yes, movie. Yes, totally. And, totally. It, and I thought it did that really well. Yes. Um I did want to just end with a couple things that I got from a Vogue piece that I thought were really interesting. Just talking a little bit more about Farley mm-hmm. um and like the adjacentness to the family and him being one of the few black characters. Um, and, you know, being like just as disposable as Oliver and Pamela. Um, so from this Vogue article, it said, quote, Farley is resentful towards Oliver and it only grows as he watches him appear to gain in a single summer. 
the kind of acceptance from the family that he had yearned for over the years. Mm-hmm. Farley's frustration comes out in interactions with those he deems inferior, and Oliver becomes one of those targets. There is a moment in the film where Farley condescendingly tells Oliver, you're almost passing. Yeah. A simple sentence that exposes his unspoken insecurities about himself yeah. and desire for acceptance in this world that places worth on proximity to whiteness and wealth. Mm-hmm. And I just I thought that kind of summarized everything that I was kind of like thinking about and churning um, as far as Farley's character goes and like him being passing um, enough, but but not quite. He was unsuccessful. Oliver, Oliver, in a sense, like took the uh, intellectual uh, uh, infiltration. Yeah, because there are all these like little speckles in the movie when he's in Saltburn. Oliver's paying attention. Mm -hmm. He's talking to sir james about ceramics ceramics and like um you know like really reading what is in Mm -hmm. saltburn whereas his research yeah which unfortunately maybe just because farley you know um just just, you know uh has just been learning from the people around Mm -hmm. him that you know like uh like felix and venetia probably don't care about this shit so i'm not going to care about Mm -hmm. this shit but that was those little speckles of knowledge in a sense that Oliver can use to his advantage. And that's like, in a sense, what outplayed Farley, mm-hmm. which is shitty. Yeah. <laughs> and I do feel for Farley, like, you know, it's like, what is he going to do now? You know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't have that support and, but yeah, he's always, perpetually othered mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and yeah that like you're almost passing line yeah. is very poignant yeah and oliver was never gonna pass right mm-hmm. he was no. never going to so his solution was get rid of everybody yeah. then i don't have to perform for anybody i don't have to like cater I have my to pass. i don't ha- exactly yeah. i don't have to yeah and you know i think that's just like a testament to what how far he was willing to go yeah. versus how far farley was willing to go yeah. um and also just like the 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 full extent of like Oliver like as a as a human person like we know that he's pro- he's probably been this way since he was a child like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Saltburn Saltburn baby child <sighs> what's our next movie I've been kind of um I don't know. Like, I, I want to do another film that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been having a hard time picking one. I'm looking at our list. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll have to circle back on okay. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, there are all, I th- I mean, I th- I think there is a good, like, a good list of films <laughs> we both haven't seen last year uh-huh. that came out. Um, and I kind of like... I don't know how long we'll keep up with this, yeah. but um, I at least would like to do for my pick one we hadn't seen. Yeah, I think I need to think about okay. it more. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm excited because <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about next. And that's exciting keep for me. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to leave it on a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys for listening. This was kind of a long episode, but we had to get into it. Yeah. There's a lot to talk there's about. There's a lot to talk about in that yeah. one. And um, yeah, I mean, to be quite honest, kind of like 
uh, when we talked about talk to me, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, I didn't read our notes, but we're just like, gotta go into uh-huh. it. And, and, and I, I was like a little uh, uh, distracted, like leading up to like coming over. So it was kind of like, oh, like, I think I remember the film. <laughs> like, well, like, well. We'll get into I, it. There's so much. But there, there, yeah. yeah, there, like you said, there is a lot that I, not, I forgot, but I was just like, oh, this and that uh-huh. and that, like, uh-huh. oh, that scene. Yeah. You know? Whereas and, Talk to Me was just like action, action, yeah. action, action. It was less like dialogue and yeah. nuance and stuff. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks for a mysterious episode, which we will figure out. Knowing me, I'll probably be like, oh, fuck, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, once we sign yeah. off. <laughs> that's okay. Um, thanks, Jazz, as usual. Fun conversation. You're about to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. I hope you can get to that point where you can actually enjoy yourself and be a little bit less stressed. <laughs> this is one thing off your list that you no longer have to think about. So, oh, thanks, Serena. Yeah. I don't think of this as like a checklist item. I was really looking forward to like, yeah. to hanging out today yeah. and talking. Yeah. And again, I think we have talked about this before, but it's also just like, you know, this is not just a podcast. It's mm-hmm. not, but it's just it's us spending time with each mm-hmm. other, and um, and I got to see you twice this week. Yeah, no, dude. three times. Well, three, three times. times. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, um, I'll miss you. Yeah, I'll miss you too. Go find some crocodiles and Ooh, you know, go on one of those manatees. Yeah, dude, go kayaking. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a fun trip. Well, I love you, Jazz. Love you too, Serena. Love you, listeners. Love you. Um, and we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. If you want to help out the show in a big way, the best way is to tell all of your friends about the show and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening now. This will help others find the show so we can slither our way into even more ear holes. Bye.